Hi everyone, welcome to Two Bald Guys Talking Safety. I'm Langdon DeMint. And I'm Julian Taylor. And welcome to our podcast. So hello and welcome to Two Bald Guys Talking Safety. And really disappointingly for, for everybody out there in podcast land today, um, there are only two bald guys today. There are no guests, no people with hair, nobody joining us. It's, it's just me and my good buddy over in Tennessee, Langdon. How are you? How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. It's you know it's, sometimes it's good to take it back just to two baldness. It is. Yeah. It 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 makes it makes people appreciate how much how much better it is when we get these other people on, doesn't it? We just <laughs> take take the expectations down then and lift them back up again. Yeah. I was want to say the other way around, but you know that's fine. That's good too. Cool. Okay. Um, we've had some interesting guests on recently, and I think. We've got some more interesting guests lined up, haven't we? So keep, keep listening, people, because we've got some some good stuff coming up. I said that very politely, didn't I? You did. So, yeah. Just wait, wait in here. Anything going on in your world right now? No, I'm just waiting for the sun to come out again, Langdon. I'm I'm waiting for for the what seems like a very long British winter to to finish, and for the sun to actually start coming out on a regular basis again. It's been, it's a late, I feel like, you know, we had, we here had a very cold, what was it? I think early December, I guess it was early, mid-December, you know, we had some very sub-freezing, sub-zero even, which is here very, you get into a negative, you're proper chilly. So we had some of that and then it's been nice and warm and then now we've had a little tease, it's beautiful, but it's, you know, in the 40s and I just want to go play golf. Well, the really exciting thing is we, we're, we're going to get to play some golf together, aren't we? That is true. Which is, so, is going to be good. Yeah. So um, for any of our British listeners, um, Langdon's coming across and we'll be coming to the safety show in Birmingham as well, which will be be good. Um, and then we're going to hopefully go and I'm going to show, show Langdon some, some nice English golf courses. Yes. And then we'll be united together again, hopefully on um, so we'll be united again. But then on the podcast, we'll do something else. I don't know what, but maybe a live or yeah. videos or I'd, yeah, something. Well, I think the plan is people are quite like some of the videos we've done. So I think we're going to go and do some more videos, aren't we? I find the more foolish, the more fun, <laughs> personally. It's good. It's good. Yeah. yeah. I never thought I would be told to go to work and just goof around. Which is what a dream. It's good. Yeah. Cool. Um I kinda I, I wanted to start Langdon today because we we've got a theme for today and we, we wanted to talk about I'll talk about the theme in a minute, but I wanted to start by asking you if if there are any things what what are the things in life that I was gonna say dislike, but maybe make you feel uncomfortable? That's tough. Um uncomfortable i don't like i like silence but i don't like awkward silence you know the uncomfortable if if you're sitting with someone or talking you feel like you should be speaking but then you don't and you're just kind of sitting there whether it's a you know we've all experienced whether it's a client meeting or or even with an exec or something that is in your organization you just kind of sit there and 
I feel like I should say something, but I don't know what to say. What's relevant? You know, so I, I think some of that. Uh, that's. I'll go with that. How about you? Oh, sorry. I was just leaving an awkward silence. <laughs> See, there, that's right? the way. Exactly. That worked so, quite well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, a few, few things. Um, well, a few things, George. A, a few things. Um, I mean, you talked earlier about, we were talking about spiders and snakes, and and I think it's absolutely rational to have a bit of a fear or discomfort about snakes because they, they bite you and they, they, they can be pretty nasty things. <laughs> spiders can bite you. I told you, I, I don't like spiders. I don't, I'm not going to say it's a phobia or anything, but I don't like spiders. You know, and I said, wolf spiders, for example, fun fact, everyone, if you don't know here, I don't know if y'all have wolf spiders there. They kind of look like a brown recluse, but typically bigger and they're not. I mean, they don't have the fiddle or anything, but they can be, well, they can get up to about that size. And you've got to remember this in the podcast. So you sitting there with your fingers apart, really. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe they're watching. So like two, maybe an inch and a half. I don't know. I'm not a. Look, my major was biology, but I'm not a biologist, so let's get that straight. So maybe a couple inches, but they carry their babies on their back. And if you try to step on the mother, the babies ain't going to die. So then the floor just moves. So I don't like that. Okay. See, see, the thing is here, it's funny because so many people I know are scared of spiders. I mean, particularly in this family. So I'll hear screaming from upstairs and it's come and get the spider. Um, and uh, but actually, there's no spiders in the UK unless they've come in in a in a banana crate from abroad or somewhere. There's no spiders in the UK that are going to hurt you. Um, you they can just come across. They yeah, could come across, but yeah. Um, so so I'm I'm not too worried about spiders. Saying that, that there are very few snakes in the UK that that are going to do you any damage either. But but I I do have a bit of a phobia about snakes. Um, the reason for bringing it up was, I, I don't know whether it's a phobia or whether it's a, a discomfort or something I just don't like. I don't like filling forms out, Langdon. I don't know about you, but I don't like filling forms out. And kind of preparing for, for this today, I thought, I'm just going to Google this and just see whether I'm a completely irrational lunatic or whether whether actually this is it the was. thing. Yeah. Um, and And it was quite interesting because... There's there's loads of chatter on uh, sort of through Google around people who are, who are who are exactly the same. They see a form, particularly a big long form, and they start to get really anxious about it. Now, what I did discover, which was interesting, is it's not actually a recognised phobia in the manual of mental disorders. So that made me feel slightly better. Yeah, um, but. It's, it's, it is kind of a recognised thing that people really get anxious and, and worried about filling forms out. Um, Did you like taking tests? Sorry, quick beeline. No, but that was that was more that was more to do with with intellectual limitations <laughs> rather than. <laughs> but I wonder if there's a correlation. You know, there maybe there is. Don't like taking tests. Don't like the long, extensive having to. I don't know. I just went. I just thought about that. But it's quite interesting because reading some of the quotes off, off, off the internet, I mean, this is an extreme, but there was one person who said they'd been unemployed for nine years because they were so anxious about actually 
filling out the the job application form. Yeah, so I think yeah. <laughs> I think that's kind of going to an extreme. But there were a lot of comments from people saying it made them feel nervous, it made them feel anxious, having to fill a form out. Um, so that kind of quite neatly leads us into today's topic, which was really to think about how, how do we what what do we need to do around health and safety processes to make them easier and, and to get people engaged with safety. Um, so, so thinking about that form filling piece, that's probably a good starting point, isn't it, Langdon, in terms of yeah. what should we be thinking about? Think. Well, I think, yeah, that is good because you think about it and I know I've told you this before. So previous, um, employer and my, my boss there used to give me grief. So I was in risk services. So going out, I mean, you know, I would do, I don't know, five assessments a week, a lot of times, and anything from property to employee to both to, you know, what programs, what processes you have in place. And everything was on an iPad. Well, not my surface, but you could yep. use it as a tablet. And I was notorious, notorious for either figuring out a way to, I didn't want to type it all up, but basically reproduce that either so I could take my notebook and write it down or I have written some of the main questions down on a notepad so I didn't have to carry the surface and I would take it with me. Yeah. And it was simplifying the form. So I guess one, it was a little simplification because then I knew what I could ask and get out that I didn't have to hit, but it just seems so cumbersome, convoluted, whatever. And I understand there's certain aspects you have to have, but in essence, I was trying to simplify it. I was trying to simplify the questions, the length, the method of taking it. Cause I didn't want to have to flip the surface over and I get it. It's, you know, great technologies, good sometimes, but it's just, it's dang easy to pick up a pen and snap it on and off and then done. Just, just for those of you who are just listening, that noise in the background was, Langdon and his pen just clicking it in and out okay there's a lot of simplicity to it because I think we you know for that for example I was trying to not cut corner by any means because I still wanted to get that detail but I was trying to hit a more simplistic form so we could have that for you know so I can hit the investigation I know what I need to hear I know what I can converse um because I think we overcomplicate things in general I think that's a I think that's a broad spectrum issue, not just health and safety, but when it comes to health and safety, I think historically we, we have done that. I, I can't speak. I mean, I, I've, I've read them, but I don't know if you have like a, a physical book of the HSE regs, but here just yep. for general industry, yep. the CFR, it's like a thousand pages. So what is, that, that is, I get it. There's a lot of good, very needed insight into that, but there's also that, and to a certain extent, that's complication. That is a lot of detail. So, you know, you think about it to a form that we're wanting people to fill out. I, sometimes we've done so much, I think we've over overdone. It's just that classic case, isn't it? If you've got a thousand pages, in all seriousness, who's going to sit and read that? Um, and are they going to read it in detail? Are they going to try and skim it? Um I mean, I'm I'm quite good at skim reading, but it, the danger is you miss something. Um, yeah. And it's quite interesting, I think, just sitting and listening to you talking there, it's, 
I'm kind of reflecting back on some of the conversations we've had recently with James, with Simon. Um, and we talked about this perception of safety, didn't we? And how we how do we change that perception of safety? Um, and one of the perceptions of safety is it's overcomplicated, yeah? As well as it being pretty dull and pretty boring, but it, it's it's overcomplicated. And, and, and what's people's natural inclination if they're approaching something that they think is overcomplicated? See ya. <laughs> yeah. Langdon was just shaking his head again. Yeah. By the way. I, no. I will do an audio commentary for all the, <laughs> all the miming that Langdon's <laughs> doing on this particular podcast. I'm yeah. feeling today very um, <laughs> talking with my hands and such for some reason. Yeah. I'm miming very well yeah. today, everyone. Yeah. I'm going to have to talk to you about the sort of the basics of podcasting that actually doing a mime doesn't work on a podcast. Yeah. Uh, but, I, I, you know, I, there is something you just said, and I don't think I, I don't know if maybe I, we have talked about it. You think about that overcomplication. There was an organization I worked with, it's been years, and we were doing some, <clears throat> excuse me, some JHA, so Job Hazard Analysis Refresher, JSA, trying to think about how we could transition those, review them. They had over a thousand jhas so they're like all right how do we get started yeah and i'll never forget it was like well how many do we have how often we're we reviewing them yeah. and they they said they tried to do them annually and i asked how many and they like over a thousand you know folks if you can't see me right now my eyes kind of were yeah. blinking and just yeah. Langdon's momentous eyebrows have yeah. just gone just gone further up his further Somehow up his forehead. Big presence lately, I don't know, but um, but that's a you know what have you what has an organization I think in trying to do good and trying to hit the mark make um, I say make valuable efforts and, and and I do think they are, but then you overcomplicate. They're right there over a thousand. How do you review those and the understandings? If it wasn't the type of industry that was heavy job rotation or heavy um, line rotation, anything like that. How do you maintain that? I mean, you got, a, and some of them were like five and six, seven pages long. You don't, that's an overcomplicate. It'd be really interesting, wouldn't it? To know how many of those JSAs ever actually got read. I, I agreed. Yeah. Um, they spoke very highly, but yeah. you know, when you start diving in it, yeah. and, 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 don't get me wrong here. We're not saying you can't. You, you don't need to do JSAs. Yeah, but but again, it's that balance, isn't it? And and yeah, you do need those sort of risk assessments in place for the things that you're going to be doing. But what you've got to be really thinking about is actually how do we make them easily digestible? How do we make them so that people will actually think, right? I'm going to go and do this job. Let me just go and look at the JSA. And then they can quickly and easily from that JSA pick out the things that are relevant to them. Um, I was going to say, what's what's? I, I don't know whether you can answer this. I'm just going to throw this at you without giving you much warning. But what's the longest and mo or most complicated form you've ever seen around safety? Uh, you know, I could probably say about two different ways. I've seen some long investigation forms yep. <clears throat> that were they were long because there was some repetition. You know, five six pages. But I've seen some, for example, a JHA that actually, and it was just the way they were breaking the steps down. I think it was like eight pages long and it wasn't a very thorough, you know, it wasn't 
you could simplify it down to yeah. about eight steps and yeah. not missing anything. Yeah. Um, I'd say a couple of those. I've seen some pretty extensive incident investigation forms and and that. I mean, I've, I've seen a few examples. Uh, well, I think I think I remember a seven-page, seven A four-page incident reporting form. So. You, you, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the biggest incident is probably somebody's going to fall asleep before they've got to the end of it because it's 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 just it's too long, isn't it? And again, what we've got to do is we've got to encourage people to do things. Again, it's that make it easy, make it simple. And I mean, similarly with hazard report, hazard spotting. You know, about something if we want to do people to do hazard spots, make it really short and really easy to do. Make it mobile, but but make it short, make it easy. So we can do it quickly. I mean, Joe, who who was on the podcast recently, always tells a story about. Um, I think it was a, a a tech director from a large large infrastructure business that he was talking to at a trade show, um, and I think they had ten thousand employees, and and the the thing the guy said to him was, he said, "I want a hazard hazard reporting form or hazard spotting form that the guys can complete in twenty seconds." And, and and Joe said, why? Um, which is a fair question. Um, and, and and the guy said to him, he said, we've got 10,000 people. And he said, we reckon 4% of those people are currently engaged with safety. They will they will tell us about the things they see. And, and he said, because it's just too long-winded at the moment. Um, so we've got to make it easy. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I remember another another company I was talking to and they were they were a company that marked the, the lines down the middle of a road. So lots of mobile workers out in 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 lorries or trucks with lots of equipment on the trucks. And I, I was talking to this guy and said, well what what do you do around risk assessment? And he said, well every truck has a binder in it with 50 risk assessments. But but again I'd I'd sort of maybe challenge back and say how often do you think that binder was ever lifted out of the dashboard? Um, yeah. Because if you've got experienced people, particularly, there's a danger that they just go, well, I've done this before. I'll just do it the way I've always done it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they don't refresh. They don't revisit. They don't go back to things. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, I think that's a that's a good point. You know, we think about, I don't know over there, did y'all, do you know, did a lot of organizations use the hazard box? It was basically you spot a hazard on the floor. That was kind of the thing, you know, 50. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we think about it, how crazy it is, because oftentimes I know I've told the story of they were wanting to review and what nobody knew where the key was because they locked it. And they went through that (laughs) whole fiasco, which was, it was humorous actually to be a part of it. But then when you really, it was humorous, but then you realize the truth behind that. You're like, oh gosh, this is awful. But it, it was good because the info they were taking was it was short and sweet because it was, Hey, saw this Johnny was doing this or, you know, whatever a job machine guarding was messed up. It was the first action, quote unquote, action management hazard spotting before they really, before they existed. Yeah. So now you think about the transition and then, you know, to your point there about the 50 risk assessments and lorries, that's a whole nother, how much, and I, I kind of think about it like that JHA, honestly, I mean, because it doesn't take the place. We, you know, we have risk assessments here as well. So they're, they're done kind of simultaneous or done in con, con, uh, congruence with one another. But how often do we, we get so caught up just in 
creating one because we have to have one. Yeah. And and then you just realize you've got 50 assessments and they sit in a binder because what else? I don't want to put that on everybody's phone, you know? I mean, so that is an issue, I think. That's very real. Yeah. One of, one of, I tell you, one of the best conversations I've ever had um, was with a with a, a lady at, at a at a hospital in the UK. So, Kath, if you're listening, you know who you are. Um, and and we we do a co- a cost assessment over here. So, um, control of substances hazardous to health. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you would probably call it a hazchem assessment in 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 the US, something like that. Has a communication. Um, yeah. Yeah. And and it was great because I went to talk to her and she and she she basically said so many people just get this so badly wrong when it comes to doing a cost assessment. Um, and when you think about that, the cost assessment really is meant to be the risk assessment for using that substance. So, so you've got your safety data sheet, which tells you all about the substance, but the cost assessment is how do we use it? And, and she kind of lit so many light bulbs for me that day. Um, the first thing she said was we, a substance isn't this static thing. A substance has a life cycle in a in, in an organization. Um, so she she gave me the example of of and it sounds it's very it's a bit left field here, but a treatment for liver cancer. And and she said this treatment might get delivered into the stores initially. It it's stored in the stores for a period of time. You might then get some of it decanted off into a different container which is then taken to a point of work. A nurse would then administer the, the, the treatment to the patient. There might be some byproducts at the end of it that then need to be disposed of. But if you stop and think about it, actually every one of those stages might have different requirements around protection, around PPE, around who's exposed and so on. So, so probably the most exposed person is going to be the nurse who administers the treatment. Yeah. Yep. Um, and and it was a real kind of light bulb moment in terms of, yeah, we need to do this differently. So so, for example, you, you're going to transfer the product from the stores to, to the ward. That might be a porter, but the stuff's in a sealed container. So it's not going to it can't harm anybody. It's, it's, it's sealed in. Yeah. But the porter might know need to know, right, what do I do if something goes wrong? What PPE should I wear? But the idea is, in, in essence, was pick the risk assessment up and really easily be able to go, that's my part of the process. What do I need to do? Um, yeah. and, 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 and it was a real light bulb moment as well, Langner, because that was a great example of where we overcomplicate things. And so many cost assessments or HASCAM assessments that you look at, it's actually, in, in, in effect, it's a replica of the safety data sheet. Yeah, people end up just just doing a replica of the safety data sheet. How many sections are there on a safety data sheet? It's long sixteen or sixteen. I think it's six. I think 16. we're both. Yeah, we're both. We're both. sixteen. Yeah, we're both questioning ourselves whether we can remember here, but it's 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 definitely in the order of sixteen sections, and there's a lot of information in those sections. So for the layperson, they pick that up. They haven't got a clue. So the idea is actually how do we how do we take the information that they do need so things like first aid any sort of fire fire uh, protection side of it anything like that and drop it into an assessment that is really easy for anybody to be able to pick up and go boom that's what I need to understand 
And and that's kind of one of the principles that we, we're talking about today is, is how do we just simplify stuff? Um, but also think about really importantly, actually, what information do people actually need? Yeah. And, and actually just give them the information that they need so they can do their bit of the job safely. So if I'm the porter, boom, I know what I need to I, I need I know what I need to do. Yeah. yeah. Um so so for me it kind of brings me into the thing I love talking about, which is KISS. Yeah, because I love to remind people that um that actually it it should possibly run in a slightly different order to the one that is commonly used. So so rather than keep it simple, stupid, which sounds faintly patronizing and and slightly insulting, I think it's it's actually keep it stupidly simple. Um, mm-hmm. And if you want to go back, I can't remember which podcast it was. We talked about the origin of Kiss and where it came from. Um, but Kiss is that 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 sort of hazardous assessment for substances is a fantastic example of of Kiss. Yeah, keep it stupidly simple so that people can understand it and then go and do their job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, I think to that point. <clears throat> And then you have the whole, you know, thinking about the risk assessments, how complicated you get your HASCOM um, or the HAS communication center, then you got to do your HASCOM assessments, your chemical analysis, you know, whatever. I get not negating or taking away. Definitely understand the rationale for that. Um, And in conjunction with your SDS, when done properly, so it's not a replication of the SDS. Yeah. It's great. And then there's some, you know, worked with an organization that, they were basically research and some of theirs, you know, they might have the base chemical, but then anything off that, yep. you know, some of it's creating new, so they didn't have. Yeah. Um, and then what do you see on organizations like that? You know, they're very safe. It's a lab setting that, but you have what you have and it's not necessarily a, it's regulated for sure. But do people take a more in-depth thought on that because oh, we don't even know what we're dealing with here I, I can tell you from a couple of circumstances i've been in not really so then you say we have just as thorough and as detailed and cumbersome but then you have the flip side where we really don't even know what they're working with and it's not so you know where is the slight disconnect um and it's overcomplicating things not and some things have to be so don't you know Listeners don't take it that we're saying that you don't in some circumstances, but anything that we overcomplicate, especially, and that's a whole nother conversation. We're not going down the road. I don't think maybe we are, but the younger generation, um, you know, you see that they don't want that in depth. They don't want that strenuous length of time. So we're hitting the, we're hitting an age gap. We're hitting a, a whatever you want to call it, perfect storm, a massive gap in the wall. I mean, how do you bridge that? How do we make it to where we're still getting what we have to, but keeping it simple? So, I mean, there's a whole nother, whole nother conversation to this that we could honestly take that it's, it's becoming more and more challenging, I think. Yeah. Yeah, You've got to make it appealing. You've got to make it simple. It's it's that, I think the stat now is that the the average human has got a shorter attention span than a goldfish. I don't I don't know whether that's been scientifically proven, um, but I think I think what what you could could sort of align to that is we've kind of created this world, haven't we, where we can we, we've got so many things going on or coming at us at the same time 
mm-hmm. that actually our, our attention just gets distracted, doesn't it? So, so you think about, I don't know whether I've asked you before, Lane, did you ever sit, do you ever sit at home watching TV, but yet you've got your phone and you're scrolling through your phone at the same time? Yeah. So yes, and I know, I know someone else that does that very frequently. Yeah. I know she's not listening, so I can say this. So <laughs> right, I'll let her know. I'll let her know you mentioned that <laughs> you gave her a call out on the pod. Yeah. <laughs> um, Love you, honey. Is that for me or no? Oh, okay. her. Oh, okay. You too. But... Yeah. Okay. Um, what What are the signs then? Do you think in an organisation that that actually we maybe the warning signs that we need to rethink about the way that we're doing things? Warning signs to rethink the way we're doing things. I think there's one right off the bat. Go on. Hit are me we with getting the what? Hit me with it. I think uh, what what are we getting in? Meaning. Yeah. Are, are people leaving or even <clears throat> following anything when it comes to a process? Are, are they even buying into it? Meaning, are they reporting? Yeah. You know, that guy you said we were talking about a moment ago, 10,000 employees at um, the tech company and what do you say? 4% or so? 4%. Yeah. That's 4%. a perfect example right there um, of most likely a pretty convoluted, cumbersome process. So that's mine. Engagement, I guess. And, and and that's the obvi- obvious warning sign, isn't it? Is that he's actually thinking about what's actually coming back to you? What are people reporting? Are people reporting things? Um, and and one of the that's one of the simple ways to start to address it is just to make it easier, isn't it? Simplify your processes and make it easier. Um, I think another thing to think about as as well, Langley, and it's an interesting one is. It's, it's just stopping and thinking about it. when do we reinforce the learning about some of the processes that we've got in place? Because quite often you see businesses, we see it all the time. Um, you, you go in and you start a new job and you go through the onboarding process. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and that's where you learn about all the, all the sort of health and safety processes. When's the next time you hear about them? Hopefully soon. <laughs> well, especially when you're getting thrown. I mean, and to that also, you do the onboarding, you're getting, it's already a, I don't know, not an apprehension, but a nervous or whatever, because you're getting started. So you're already yeah. trying to take in so much. And then we try to throw all this other important information. And then you've created another perfect storm. I love the enthusiasm about around onboarding, um, and 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 I say that because I have to create a lot of it with within our our particular world. Um, but I think you've got to have a realism, haven't you, in terms of how much information you throw at people in the, in the sort of early days of a of a new job. Mm-hmm. So how much do you actually remember? How much do you actually really remember, particularly if it's complex processes? Um, so I think again, one of the one of the sort of things that we should be you should reflect on as a safety professional in your organization is how often do you reinforce things and not just those legal things like health like sort of first aid or, or forklift truck licenses and things that we know we've got to we've got to refresh but actually just the run-of-the-mill stuff how often do you go around and reinforce around your hazard reporting or hazard spotting program for example um, yeah. and just keep it front of mind with people and again, make them comfortable with the process that they've got to follow. Yep. And uh, across the board from 
hazards and you have a near miss. Well, then you start investigating near misses yeah. like yeah. your typical incidents, which is good. But then you start getting a lot of near misses and then you already have a pretty in-depth investigation form for incidents. But then now your near misses become as cumbersome. So now you're probably not going to do as many of those. You see where I'm going. So it's, yeah, keep it keep it simple. I mean, obviously you have to have a pretty in-depth, most likely to a certain extent, uh, incident investigation form, because you want to understand what, what causes or what routes led to that cause. But, you know, broadening out, trying to keep it as simple as possible, no matter what it is with your process. I think that from our perspective, from what we've seen, what I've worked in personally, it, it makes things a lot easier and more engaged. Or even in that incident process, you might you might have a, a, a whole raft of information that you you need to capture. There you see, I'm using hand gestures now as well. So to, um, for those who are listening, I'm demonstrating a large form with my hat with my hands. Um, but but it, but again, you might have a lot of information that you need to gather. But actually, can you break it down so that for the for 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 each person who needs to do their bit, they only see their bit. So, mm-hmm. so actually they're not confronted with lots of things that they've got to trawl through to find what they need to fill out. Again, how often have you seen that in forms where, I mean, my phobia is coming out again here. I'm going through the form and, right, which bits can I avoid filling out? That's, that's my yeah. first mantra, yeah? So, so again, let's take the bits that people don't need to fill out out of the way when they're doing their bit. So actually they're not, they're not intimidated by the process or, or, or the form. Yeah. Um, and, and again, it's that whole simplicity approach. Um, and I suppose when we're thinking about process, how can we sort of, as we sort of come towards the end, here, how do we identify where we can simplify? How do, how do we identify what we could do to make it easier? You know, to me, anytime we review, which hopefully we're doing that anyways, but the more that we can review, the more that we can understand our processes, understand why we're doing it, you know, what's the what's the time, you know, the effort of why we're doing it. Are, are there areas where we could cut to still get the same, you know, derive the same outcome? Yeah. Um, to me, that's when you start thinking where where can we? Because it's not cutting quarters; it's simplifying. Where can we? You know, maybe we need a thorough investigation form because we have a very thorough process, yeah. you know, job price. Okay. Keep that. Where can we ensure that we're getting more people reporting hazards, reporting uh, near misses? Maybe it's even crap reporting incidents. Maybe we're not getting, you know, whatever it is. I think that's pretty imperative. And then you start branching out, you know, we talk about just the hazards and near misses and incidents, but any type, maybe that's a risk assessment. Just, go through you they have their areas to check throughout a warehouse for example and they can mark if there is something yeah what did you say boom you can just write it down right quick so it's not a oh i gotta go through again get my clicker i have to go through and check yes or no or there's something here there's nothing you know but it's a it's more just a, a simple risk assessment that's still hitting the points ensure that you're still getting what you have to do but um, don't make it to where it's just a long, you know, grievous <laughs> checkpoint exercise. Honestly, that's one yeah. thing I I kind of would I always revert back to. Really, 
I, I, I think the other thing I was, I, I have this kind of thought process as well is if you don't really understand it, things can look complicated because we don't understand it. And I think as a safety professionals, one of the key things is I love your, your thought there, which is keep reviewing stuff. The danger is if, if it ain't broke, we don't fix it. So if we've not had a problem, we tend to just leave it to, to keep running. doesn't mean we can't make it better, does it? So, so I think, again, for the safety professionals, it's, it's bring the people in and get the people involved who actually do the job and work with them to understand why do we do things the way we do them and, and let's see if there's, there's easier ways to do it. Um, so I think, I think we're kind of coming to the end of our time there. Um, and, and, and I suppose the real, there's a, a theme that's gone all the way through this, which is just don't overcomplicate it. It's that keep it stupidly simple mm-hmm. and you've got more chance of somebody doing it. And, and, a, and, a, and another quick story is, is my friend Joe. I don't know whether Joe's listening, but um, I'll never forget Joe telling me about he changed his incident reporting process. And an incident reporting in six months went up by by 80%. 80%. So you, you start to think about that in terms of how did you make good strategic decisions before? Well, you can't, can you? Um, yep. And just all of a sudden, you've got a whole load more data that you can actually use really effectively just to manage safety more effectively and, and to be proactive in terms of preventing stuff from happening. Yeah. So good chat as always, Langdon. Yeah, yeah. keep listening. We've got, as I said earlier, we've got some interesting guests lined up for, for the next couple of pods. Um, Langdon, I'll let you I'll let you end the, end the pod in your inim- inimitable fashion. And that's not easy for me to say. That's not easy for anybody to say. Hey everyone, really appreciate you tuning into this episode of Two Bald Guys Talking Safety. Please follow and subscribe to wherever you stream your favorite podcast or visit us at evochicks.com. And if you want to see how follically challenged we really are, come and check us out on YouTube. If you've got value from the podcast, please go to Apple Podcasts and in the review section of this podcast, if you could leave us a review or a rating, that would be great. And as always, everyone, while you're going about your days and about your normal lives, stay safe out there and watch each other's back. Bye.